You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello, and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast, the Blacklight Media podcast that apparently a bunch of you listen to, so that's pretty cool. Um, I am Matt Bacon here without my co-host Chris Santos this week. He's gearing up to get married, so everything is very hectic in his world right now. This all being said, I'm here with a very good friend of mine, um, a longtime colleague of mine, Matthias Bluthorn of Circular Wave, former marketing genius over at Columbia, uh, really good guy to know in general, and you can learn a lot from out here, Matthias. Whoa, that's an introduction, Matt. I'm flushing. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Talk to me about Circular Wave. You've been doing this for two years now, basically. What's the story? What was the inspiration? How did it start? Yeah, um, if we count the preparation time, you're pretty right with the two years. The the formal uh, date when we got rolling was almost precisely one year ago with the first uh, single release. When was it? End of July last year. So for our first anniversary, official anniversary is just, just about to, to come next week. Oh, that's crazy because like in my head, we've been working together forever yeah sometimes time stretches <laughs> it's a phenomenon yeah. right yeah and uh, the whole philosophy um was to to found a new powerful quality entity to support artists uh, from the genre range between rock alternative and metal um to to give them a helping hand in their needs to get more traction in their business and we operate both as an as an almost regular label if you will licensing music um, and we also offer artist and label services so we would be in a consulting role in this case but regardless of uh, the question whether we license master rights or not the intention is always to to deliver uh, a quality uplift for the artist in the overall performance so it's pretty much focused on building an artist's career on eye-to-eye level and not just push things into certain channels and then pray to see what happens, but it's really like hands-on, trying new things, 
be a, be a little brave sometimes if the artist agrees and experiment a little bit with new measures, either in promotional areas, but also in marketing areas. And it's all meant to be sustainable and not just for a quick win and nobody knows what happens next week. That's the philosophy. How do you market a band in a way that it's sustainable? Yeah, we, we don't look so much at, to give an example, Spotify monthly followers, because this is a stat that changes a lot, as we all know, pending um, the release schedule you, you've had over the last couple of weeks, a month. We really pay more attention on, so what is, what is a real fan you, you should win? Not so much someone who sometimes accidentally clicks on a link. I mean, some collateral wins are always welcome, but in the long run, it's always important to win dedicated people who, who keep following, who can be addressed in, in email marketing activities, who would react organically whenever a new release is coming up and, and are easy to, to reactivate for any kind of upcoming content uh, you, you will have. Yeah. But I guess my question is, how do you get them from not knowing about the band to becoming a consistent fan? Okay, I mean, uh, it's, it's all about getting their attention first. So that's, that's pretty much a no-brainer. They have to learn about the band, but all on an emotional level. And, and once you have them and once you had their interest and their attention in watching a video or, or listening to a song on Spotify, then the goal is to, to retarget them and, and keep them in the family, if you will, and uh, constantly uh, offer uh, new things which 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 are interesting for them. Um, so so we, we don't have to start from scratch when we when we start the next phase and, and launch the next product. Absolutely. So then the other thing I want to kind of break down a little bit because this has sort of been a new side of what you're doing is the label services versus the label, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So label services can mean a broad variety of things to a lot of people. What does it mean in the circular wave context? We become your, your business friend, if you will. A lot of duties a total DIY artist would have to do by himself, herself, themselves, whatever, uh, would be put in our hands. We ignite some ideas. We give some advice like, okay, what should be respected in the timing so that everything falls on fertile ground? What is the right kind of content? What is the, the right amount of budget and how do you allocate it to various platforms in what timing? What are the things you should do which you haven't done yet? And what are the things you perhaps also should do less because it just steals your time or just blows some money? So that everything you do gets a little more structured, consistent, and strategical, and as a result, more efficient. And the good news, of course, is that when something explodes, then it's not like there's somebody who owns whatever kind of percentage of your master rights. It is you who, who's the winner then. And of, of course, we need a payment. We don't do it as a hobby. But, but, but the winner is the artist. I mean, on, on the other side, of course, in an artist and label services constellation, the invest needs to come from the artist. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you see that being more of a direction where artists are taking in the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I've already seen that as a tendency, as a growing tendency over the last 
one or two, maybe even three years that more and more artists prefer to keep there. What I also see is a little bit of lack of orientation, I would name it, uh, because for many artists, it's a new situation. I mean, it always sounds good in theory to be in total control of your rights, but it comes at a price. And with price, I don't only mean the investment, but you have to be in the driver's seat. Uh, you have to organize everything yourself, actually. So either you have the time and the skills to do it, or you need good people around you, you, you can trust, who do it for you, or at least do parts of that for you. And in my experience, um, I've seen surprisingly, sometimes even artists who've been around for quite a while, for many years and many albums, being thrown into this new situation, they're pretty unsure, like, okay, so what do I really have to do now, now that I'm pretty much my own record label? So what is the amount I need to spend and where do I need? Before, they could always express wishes uh, and tell their record label, please do more, please do it here, please do it there. But now all of a sudden it's their own money and this initiates <laughs> a new process of thinking and it's a total new perspective and, and people need to learn to navigate that. And, and I, I sometimes see it as, as an initial reaction that artists who are behind um, the steering wheel themselves now, they have a tendency to spend not enough money, which is which can be dangerous sometimes because it's... It, uh, cools down the marketplace a little bit if you if you overdo it yeah no that makes sense and it's and i think it's weird to sort of be you know elbow deep in something like that and then suddenly have like you said being in the driver's seat i think a lot of people aren't a lot of people want that but then suddenly they're there and they're like oh shit like this is it was easier when someone else was helping and i think that's actually what i think is interesting is that like traditional label structures still very much have a place and you see a lot of really big artists involved in traditional structures with oftentimes fairly typical deals because they've kind of come to accept that like, oh, actually, this is the best way it could work for me, yeah. right? Or I think in a lot of people's cases, it's like, this is the best way it could work for me for music, and then I can use that to amplify some other tendency, some other business. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's really good that the marketplace offers such a great variation of possible deal models you can more or less choose from if you're in the right position. Because an artist is, is, is not the same as all the other artists. There are huge differences in how artists think and in, uh, in, in, in their business skill sets they may or may not have. There can be fantastic artists who are absolutely not in the position to be their own businessmen. And, and sometimes artists can be smarter in the business than the average uh, employee at a record label it also happens and it's really great to to really think about it like what is the thing I, things i really need which i cannot do myself or which i don't want to do myself because sometimes it's just a time question but i think on the flip side there is this trade-off with the record label situation where like not if you're not on release you're just not a priority right and especially big labels have like 80 other things going on so to post your video on their socials is a little bit tricky when they've got 10 other videos they have to post this week exactly uh and what doesn't really help is that the amount of releases per company has become bigger 
but the amount of channels and also the amount of employees hasn't become bigger. So it's a very easy calculation. It's, it's easy to do the math. It's just more competition inside the company you're part of. Jeez, I hadn't considered it that way. That's depressing. <laughs> Sorry so, to shock you. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're right. And it's like that sort of, how do you think people need to, how do you think people find a balance? There? What do you mean by people? Uh, employees at record labels? Like, how do you think artists, how do you think artists are supposed to find a balance between being one among many versus trying to do it all on their own or with a label services company and struggling? Or do you think they just hire label services and get their shit together? Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> It's a very unromantic thing to do, but you have to be just pragmatic about it. You have to manage your expectations. So what is realistic? Everybody is wishing for 360 degrees, 24-7 full service from five people around me. It's not going to happen. Not in the situation when you sign to a major label. And also, to be fair, not in the position when you hire someone as artist and label services, but because you won't have the money to pay someone to be, excuse my French, to be your personal slave, you could call at 3 a.m. to ask for a very quick fix. So it's all about expectation management. You just need to, yeah, get your head around like, so what is the level of service in quantity and quality I, I need? And what is the amount of investment I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to bring up myself and, and, and put into my own project. And, and yeah, I mean, in the past, what did not help is that record labels and their services and everything what happened inside a record label, as a tendency at least, used to be a black box. There was a little bit mysterious knowledge or not knowledge at all about what precisely is happening there day to day. So having this black box uh, it's hard to assess like, okay, so like how many time does my label spend per week on my project? How many net hours, for example, do they spend yeah. on my project to cover the basics? And perhaps if they have the time and the ambition to do so, to get a little creative for my project, like all those, what else can we do questions? Are they being asked? Is someone there? Who has the ambition and the fire to ask it or is he already booked for the next meeting i know it doesn't help that it has been a black box but i think it's become a little more transparent in the meantime and many artists have started their learning curve and get a little more insight and what it really means to pitch a song actively and to handle your social ads booking and think about other kinds of collaborations with, I don't know, creators and do, do we do print ads? And there's a thousand question marks you can ask yourself and you just need to prioritize, okay, so what is my top 20 things I need to do? And if I got that covered, I can perhaps then start to ask myself, okay, what's the next top 10 things after the top 20 if I have some time and money left, which I could also try to do. I think it's just a learning curve, which which has begun. Absolutely. That's very fair. No, I think that's I think that's a productive way to look at the problem. Because it's definitely a weird problem. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think one of the fundamental realities is no one will care care about your project as much as you do. Very true. Right. And I think that like that's uh 
a shitty thing to think about, but it's true. And that holds true for, for every possible kind of constellation you may be in as an artist. Yeah. And then it turns into like, where do we go with that in mind? So kind of moving on, going back to the label, because we got a little philosophical there for a minute. Going back to the label. So what's coming up for the label and what's what have you been working on? We've been working with uh, three artists so far. One is from the UK, one is from Germany, and also an Italian artist. Until today, we've only worked all those projects digitally because it's our also our kind of thinking also with our genre that we need to have and we need to create a lot of contents, a lot of touch points to, uh, to make a lot of offers, uh, always come up with, with a novelty effect, both with DSPs in mind and also the consumers, so that something can build. Um, so we've had, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16 single releases of, uh, during the first year for, the, for those three artists. We've now had the first two single uh, two EP releases, but also digital only so far. And what we do now at the moment is we start working a full album cycle, at least in two cases here. And this will then also include physical product, which, as most of us in the genre know, is still relevant, at least in many markets. So we always try to think in a kind of hybrid way trying to be as digital as possible, but still as physical as necessary and as physical as the uh, customer would like to have it. Because fans out there, many of them are collectors. And uh, I know you can also collect digital items, thinking of NFTs. <laughs> Let's see how far we get with that in the future. Uh, but for, for proper collectors, something like, holding a vinyl in your hand or sometimes even a CD or a special version of whatever as a, as a collectible, as a souvenir, as an item you can put into your shelf, that's still important. I like to take care of that part as well, to be honest, and it really helps for building a strong fan base. I mean, looking at the profit, which might be involved in this, it can be harder with a physical product because the investment is just higher to start it. But once you, you have it out there in the market, it just resonates in a more intense way with the whole audience. It will help you with your next steps building the artist, also with, with new digital uh, content then. Yes, and we've, we've, already, we've, we've just signed our uh, fourth artist. It's a Danish band, a fiction. Without revealing too much, we're going to have our first steps together quite soon. And we're very much looking forward to that. Uh, so it's four artists under the label roof, Circular Wave, until now. And in addition, we have three, no, now it's four consulting projects, also four consulting projects uh, we're working together with. Cool. So it's starting to really become a thing. Yes, absolutely. It takes time, but we were aware of that. When we started out, a lot of people we knew kind of congratulated us, but in the same sentence, adding like, I'm happy for you guys, but you're going to have two tough years. And they're probably right. It's not a walk in the park to start a new label, especially during the pandemic. But we were aware of that. And well, first year is done. And let's see what's ahead of us. I appreciate that mindset. And I think that makes sense. So like, 
there's a few layers here I want to kind of get into because making that jump from working at a major label basically all your life into running an independent label must have been really scary. Uh, yeah, in a way, a little bit, I have to admit, um, because I'm uh, I'm also a dad, so I have a family with two kids, which is a little more money-consuming than just uh, <laughs> just having to take care of yourself, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, um, I'm, I'm a very curious person. I like to learn new things, and I like to dive into new scenarios. And I was very aware of the fact that I needed to be a little brave and that the water would be very cold in the beginning, at least. Maybe it would even stay cold. I don't know. But it's still new water I would like to swim in. And um, my own learning curve over the last year or so was really intense. And if, if I would have kept working as an employee at a major label, I, I would probably also have a nice life still, but I wouldn't be where I am now. So for, for, for my own personal development, it was probably the best thing I could have done. And that's sort of what I like about music is that you have this freedom to kind of focus on your personal development. You can sit back and, and I think it's important to sit back and look at projects and be like, you know what? I need to do this because I need to learn. Absolutely. And I've always been a big fan of the holistic approach to taking care of projects. What I never liked, and this is an expression I had to learn, is, is like this working and thinking in silos, which you see in many places. The bigger the company, yeah. the more narrow sometimes your own tunnel view is for the for the little aspects you as a as an employee, as a person have to take care of. I never understood, even as an employee, how people could be happy just looking at their own little area, which may have maybe, I don't know, 5% of what the whole project is. And how can I do a good job and also consult the artists, make the right decisions if I don't look to the left and to the right and sometimes forward and back and up and down and think cross borders or cross departments and that there's so much you can do with synergy effects. For example, when I look into many, many labels or companies, it's always like, okay, person A does the trade marketing and person B does the whatever regular marketing. And in many cases, those persons, they don't even talk to each other. Like there, there's so many cross promotional or cross marketing things you can do and bring things together, which makes the sum bigger than the sum of the parts, right? Is that, is that the right expression? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, this has always been, even in my time, uh, during my time as an employee, always an, an ambition of mine, like to really look from the perspective above and consider all elements, if possible, to make informed decisions and steer a project. And this is something which comes as a benefit now that I've been always interested in such an approach. Now, being responsible for more or less all aspects, in fact, myself. No, that's really cool. And I appreciate that level of thoughtfulness. So we talked a little bit about what's coming up for the label. If people want, as we kind of head towards the end, if people want to discover more and learn more, what do they need to know about? Where should they be looking? Well, we do have a website. Big surprise. Uh, It's circularwave.eu for Europe, which is our focus. We also have uh, an Instagram presence and uh, 
We're soon going to have a D2C store, which does not exist yet, but watch out very soon. And uh, yeah, you pretty much get a good idea. We also, we, we, we don't only present our artists there, we also give a little insight into our philosophy and why we do things like that. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. All right, so that was awesome. Thank you everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more, and above all, keep it heavy. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon. From Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.